All right. So I'm here with Noah Rubin, ATP player who likes to throw t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for having me. So I am from the Real Tennis Fans Podcast. What we do is just try to bring the perspective from the fans. So people like to know the quirky stuff, right? Of course. But you have this new Instagram page. Yes. Talk about that. Behind the racket. Um, it all started about four weeks ago. My One of my best friends, Max Eichler, actually came up to me and said, I have to interview you. I was like, why do you want to interview me? Just, he's like, you know, looking at all these tennis interviews and the questions they ask, nobody cares about them. Nobody cares about your forehand. I certainly don't care about your forehand. You know, you're going through all of this, and we want to know... The nitty-gritty stuff. We want to know the nuts and bolts, what makes up the person that plays, all of this. And I was like, wow, that's actually really insightful. I thought you were going to say something pretty stupid, but it was, it was pretty insightful. And I was I was like, okay, let me think about it. You get some questions together. Maybe we can record it, put it out there. We'll see. I mean, I don't know where to go from here, but I love the idea. And then I was an insomniac after Australian Open. I was really affected by jet lag for the first time. And it was 3.30 in the morning. I'm watching Netflix. <laughs> Um, what were you watching? Watching these Instagram like, documentaries almost about how these people become famous doing Instagram. <laughs> so I had already Instagram in my head, and then I was looking at my phone, and Humans of New York came up. I don't know if you've ever heard of Humans of New York. I know Humans of New York, yes. yeah. Um, one of my favorite accounts, and just kind of goes into just the everyday people of New York and their stories, and I just had a spark. And I was like, I don't know how I haven't used my reach in the tennis world for something more than I've already done. How is this not possible? And, you know, I've always wanted to do something with photography, whether it was video logging my year. I tried that for like a month during preseason and I hated every second of it. Did you? Because you take some beautiful shots. I, I appreciate it, up. it. Oh, thank you so much. I just, first of all, not great at videography. And the second thing is you have to bring it everywhere with everywhere. you. Everywhere. Every second. And I, it was really ruining experiences. I right. mean, I had, like I was with my girlfriend. We were enjoying the pictures that we got to see, but at the same time, I was like, do I really have to take it out right now? I just want to enjoy the moment. And like with photography, you could take the one picture and then you can go Fine. back. Yeah. This was a real big problem. So I let that go immediately. <laughs> I have to sell my GoPro now. <laughs> but yeah, so I just had a, I had a glimpse. I was like, boom, everything was coming to me. The name behind the racket. I was looking up names. The photography of the person standing behind the racket, almost like behind bars in a way where they couldn't really express themselves and now they have an outlet and stuff like that so everything was really coming and i was really excited are I mean, people receptive way more than i thought they would be um players are way more open i mean i have trouble with a few getting them to say yes but you know they're using it as an outlet they're using it as a place to share the story they never you know thought they could and you know i thought you know instagram's a very unforgiving place it's a tough place to really grow and and you know, I had already have 1,200 you know followers in a matter of six days, and and it's more about the messages that I'm receiving, whether the messages that the people that I interview have received right. or myself. And everybody's like, thank you so much for opening our eyes. And then I have Jamie Loeb, who her mom had a stroke, and she's getting she got 50 DMs and Instagram saying we're here for you, we support yeah. you, and. Ernesto with his stutter, like you're doing good work. You know, it's that's the nice stuff. Like Ernesto get a, got a message that somebody with um somebody's child has a stutter, and now he has somebody to look up to, yeah. and things like that. So 
those are the things that's more powerful than anything else. And but you <laughs> shared like the least. I did share the least. I didn't really know where to go. You know, I just wanted it to be a quick opening to the idea. Um, yes, it was very generic. It, it, I, I think I might have to go back and share another one. If people are willing to hear from me, I definitely have more than enough stories. What's one thing you would share that you didn't already share? Oh, God. I mean, there's a million. I mean, and I think a few of them have to do um, with a lot of, you know, very similar to a lot of other people, whether it's, um, you know, sickness in my family, divorce in my family. There's, God, there's countless things I can go into, and I am very open and willing to share. So um, I think once this definitely takes a step further um i'll definitely go a little bit more behind the scenes myself and i think maybe people like you know do you have do you have a a wish list of players of course i mean who doesn't and and, i mean i think that was another thing i mean you know i'm saying all these great players are coming up to me and saying hi whether i played against them or exhibitions or practice they know me at this point right uh, whether it's federer nadal Djokovic, and me being the New Yorker I am with a loud mouth, <laughs> I'm not afraid to go up to them and ask them whether I get a no or a yes. I'm gonna ask them. Nothing you venture, nothing gained. Everybody and, wants to see it. And I really, I really believe they would. I would think 90% will say yes. Good. I really believe it. You wanna so, tell me who said no? Oh, I've had a few guys on tour now saying no. Um, but then they see the guys that say yes and they come back like, no, okay, fine. So I have like a Christian Harrison that I have to push towards it and, and a few other guys. But honestly, and, and going more to females and stuff like that, I did one with Jamie Loeb. Um, Nicole Gibbs is a possible next one. She she messaged me. So there's a few, but I, I, that's that's another field and I'm getting used to that and them having to open up to me. Either they're, so they come up to me and said, I love your post. I'm like, Let's do it. Do you want to get interviewed? They're like, well, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> so I either have like really open or not so open. Right. So, you know, I, I go slow and I say whatever you're comfortable with. And you obviously have the final okay with everything I type. Just just let me know. And, and I think with the more players that do it and the more people they see that do it, whether it's the older and you have Dustin right. Brown, who I did it with, or, you know, you have, you have such a wide variety and demographic that I think once they see that, they'll be more open. I mean... You're not one of one now. You're one of 50 that are yeah, doing it. So it's less, sure. you're now more the majority. It's, and it's good for anybody, no matter what you do, to have a platform, though, to share things that you maybe wouldn't normally share and, and to know that you're doing it in a group. That's it. I, I think it's a, it's a pretty safe environment. And, and I'm asking pretty out of, um, you know, out of left field questions. And I'm, and I'm telling them, it's not offensively. I just want to know your story. I want to know what's going on whether it's race affiliated, whether it's a stutter, whether it's right. something you, this is not offensive. I just want to know your story. Yeah. And, that, and they're not taking it personally, which is was my biggest fear right. originally, whether they're strangers or not. You know, I thought it could come off abrasive or something like that. And it's not, they're really, they're really open, which is nice. And it's good it to is. see. So let's talk about a little bit. You are in a unique position to have played at the upper level of the tour. This, for me, is the first time being at a Challenger event. It is so incredibly different. (laughs) So, for you, I'm curious, like, you know, I don't know, like, when should you approach people? When should you not? There's protocol in other places. Everything's so laid back. What do you prefer? Um, I actually do believe that we as players have different mentalities at different levels, and so should the other people. I mean... At Challengers, we're a little more understanding the fact that there's 
you know, people are going to come up to us. There's no real players' lounge. There's nothing right. like that. So, yes, I mean, if you see a player with headphones on, like, there's little things, little tells. Yeah, that, that universal don't talk yes, to me thing. Yes, universal, <laughs> and, and it really applies here. And, and um, you know, you can go take a step further and see where they're playing, what day they're playing, what right. time they're playing. You know, if you know they're within two matches, three matches, or if they're even playing on that day, you know, maybe maybe not go up to them. Maybe give them their space. Um, they're playing tomorrow. They're just, you know, hanging around. Not a big deal. Go up to them. You know, if you do the little things and understand that, we're all really nice. It's yeah. when somebody doesn't have that common sense when they don't know that we're on in 10 minutes and they come up to us we have headphones on yeah it's like all the no no no's and they come up to us and still say that then we're like you know we we take it personally we really do it's like we have our job yeah because this is your job it's our profession and we're already treated poorly you know that's that's at this level the challenge level all the top 250 in the world you know when you say it like that it's pretty impressive we're 250 in what we do and people try to do their best it, we're treated pretty poorly so it's 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 at a point where any little respect we can have it goes a long way so isn't it new this year that the atp is um helping out with hotel costs for the challenger level how's um, that working Ooh, i see an eye roll <laughs> talk to me about new, that <laughs> okay so as americans we are fortunate enough to get a lot of housing situations within the u.s and meaning that a lot of people would open up their homes right and that was great. Obviously, it's not always ideal to stay with somebody, but it was just so sweet of them to open up the houses and we would take it so we don't have to pay for a hotel for the most part. Um, there were definitely a few other tournaments that were plus H um, last year. So the thing was, this year, every tournament, every challenger had to be a plus H, which, yes, is great. The thing is, last year, I believe it was five days, when this year it's a minimum of three days. Uh. So you are getting less days. Yes, it does mean that you're going to get housing regardless. Um, so there were a few tournaments definitely outside the country where it has helped me. Um, like I played in New Mia, New Caledonia, which most people haven't heard of. Um, the beginning of the year, they, I was helped in this situation from the housing they put in this year. But for the most part, um, still tough regardless. So if you're out of the tournament first day you know, and you have to stay for the next tournament, you're still playing another five days whether... Um, you know, you leave or go home, you still have to pay for the five days. It's, wow. It's a little bit tricky. So, the, so they make it sound nice, but they, it's not as nice as it sounds, huh? No, not not fully as nice as they sound. Obviously, every year they're trying to advance it, and I love that they try to, you know, money, uh, prize money wise and, and opportunities, they, they try to advance it. And, and I see I see the thought behind it. Does it always execute as well? No. Um, right. This was the first year where change was had, and it's, and I think they had to see how it first progressed and how it first went down before really going a step further. What would you change? What? What? Give me your top two. Oh God. Your top two. Like, what would you do to just make it better for for this level? Because it's. I mean, for me, it is so clear that there the differences are huge. God, I mean, not to knock the place we're at. I mean. We're playing on courts that haven't been resurfaced in 10 years. You know, we're playing and there's waves in the court. I mean, yeah, it's great for country club people that are going to wear all white. That's fine. It's not good for us. So we can't play when a ball comes on our court every five and a half seconds because the only practice courts are right next to it. Right. Adjacent. I mean, there are a thousand no's that we can do. And this is never knocking the people in charge. They're doing the best they can with what they have. 
it's not good enough. That's the bottom line. They know it's not good enough. They look us in the eye and try to tell us it is. It's not. <laughs> and they know that. It's just it's just what it is, you know. Should we have ball boys? Yeah, I mean, kids are in school. They can't ball boy for us. I get that. And the adults are not that necessarily going to want to. It was amazing yesterday. So, but we have, I have one guy. We have Sam Duvall. I mean, he's ball boying. He's one of the top right. agents in the world, and he's right. ball boying. I mean, right. this... So if that doesn't tell you where we're at. So is that typical? Because I'm last night talking to, you know, we did a podcast talking about how it is here compared to, you know, my co-host just got back from the Australian Open. Is is it, this is new, they're still learning, or is this typical of the tour? It's typical of the Challenger Tour. I mean, there's definitely ATP events that are on gray as well, but obviously there's a Almost 100% of the Challenger tournaments. Wow. I mean, I would say 90% of Challengers, there are obvious things wrong with them. Whether it's just, there's an unorganizational, how can I say this? <laughs> it just seems like this is planned out days before. That's, that's okay. everything. Whether they get the tournament days before or months before, you're like, this was definitely planned out four days before this event. And like you're like, how is this possible? Like I am putting my life on the line, right? Everything right. I've worked for, and I have people acting as if they got knowledge of this event a week ago. And you know, you get past being pissed off, you get past being upset. It's just, just being disappointed. It is really just you're like you're getting to these events. You're like, here we go again. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to make money. I'm trying to do what I love. I have to deal with seven other things that are going to go wrong. Right. Does a um, possible players union help that situation? Are you a proponent um, of that? There's been some chatter. Yeah, there's, there is. So you have player representatives at right. the top level. and Who's representing you right now? Is it Sergey? Uh, yeah, you have a few of them. I'm, <laughs> yeah, there's how much we know. And yes, they do their best, and they, and they do work hard. The players. Yeah. There's only so much listening? they can. There's only so much they can do, and things have changed. But we need steps. We need leaps. I mean, these are like we're crawling. We need. I mean, whether it's prize money, whether it is, I mean, just the event itself. We need leaps, and it's you know it's it's not fair yet, and it's disappointing. I mean, anybody that shows up from Australia. I mean, I played it four times now. And anybody that comes from there to go to here wherever, <laughs> it's like we're already laughing. And it's just honestly, if you watched any of the matches yesterday, you're like, oh my god, these guys were going. I mean, people were losing their minds. And I know, I was here all I mean, day. Because we are just upset prior to the event. Prior to yeah. the match, you're already upset. So it's like, who is gonna be less upset? Who's gonna play pretty good tennis on these courts and be less upset? That's that's. That's who's going to make it to the semis and finals. That's literally what it is. It's really disappointing. That's, that's, it is, but I guess that's at. your reality. And that's what we have to deal with day in, day out, whether it's courts, whether it's... They were measuring how far the screen was to the court the day of uh, the first round. Uh, before I was practicing, I'm like, no. It's just not how it works. Right. Just, just do better. You just do better. And there's a lot of people in charge that I really like as people. And they work their asses off. We just have to do better as a group. We, we really do because this is, I mean, you go to baseball, you go to any of these other sports, the guys that are 600 and 
in the world. There's right. no real ranking, but right, a right. thousand in the world. I mean, there's 2,500 people in the NFL or whatever it is. 2,200. God, they're making a minimum of 700 grand a year. Right. And 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 their their entities take care of them. And the ATP has plenty of money. We have nothing. And the players get nothing. We have nothing. Well, and going back around, I mean, one of, obviously I want to play for slams. I, I know I could be top 50 in the world and better. Um, but one of the large, one of the main goals for me is to bring awareness to tennis. How great of a sport it is, the people behind it, bringing awareness back to the U.S. in tennis. Right. Um, I think we lack personality as the United States in tennis. I think yes. we lack a lot of the human interest stories and nobody's relating to us anymore. You know, we don't have the John Mackerels and Jimmy Connors. We don't have the, even the Andy Roddicks right. and James Blakes anymore we that have people Noah loved. Rubin. Which I'm trying. You're animated. <laughs> no, and you I'm are trying. though. You're fun. You're open. You talk to people. You're fun to watch on court. <laughs> Thank you. Know, you know, and it helps. But again, you're not in front of the camera every day. So. Which is why with working my butt off with behind the racket all those right. things in line I have to work my ass off in tennis yeah. and I want to get to where I want to get because once you're top 100 and above things get better things get better you know being a New Yorker I already have the reach that I want and yeah. then you're saying you're getting into every Grand Slam playing those I have more of a platform right. to speak of um, and you plan on using it and I do and I do and I think we're lacking that in the US and I want to bring that back so I think that will and I think having the powerhouse of the United States, whether you agree with the U.S. as a whole or not, right. we are a powerhouse and we are, and you know, we'll always be. So to have the support in tennis and people loving tennis again, I think it will help. I, see a, I feel like I see a lot of young talent here, and it's exciting because we don't have – I, as a black woman, don't feel like I have a lot of American men to cheer for right now. Mm-hmm. So here, watching these guys is exciting for me. Right. Um, but you're right, we they don't get the exposure, right. and, and the media right. doesn't give them to them. That's a whole other issue, tennis media. But Of course, and that's that was another thing that I wanted to do. But to have like a Francis Tiafo quartering a Grand Slam that's and him huge. being a personality and it's so fun. is great, but it's not good enough. It's not good enough. And... You know, we had a tennis sangren who did it last year, and obviously there was things that around <laughs> that that were obviously negative. Right, right. But regardless, a tennis result goes away. You know, not that we're going to forget this, and Francis will never forget this, and right. I am so proud of him, and to have that as an American, um, it goes away. People forget. People don't care. No. So we need to build off that and use that platform. All it is is just a platform. Right. It doesn't mean anything. So, yes, it... It's not a Grand Slam win. It's not a final. Those are the things that stick. So a quarter is just you have to catapult from there and to use that because people forget. And we did with tennis already. I mean, sadly, with tennis anger, it's gone. In a yeah. Of he lost first round. It's gone. I mean, nobody right. remembers. So if Francis can use that to elevate it or just to bring the people around, then we'll see. We'll see what we can do as a whole. So we have a lot of young kids coming out. It'll be good. So just to wrap up, talk to me about your goal for the year. It's early in 2019. Yes. Where do you want to be come August? Come August. Um, I want to put myself in a um, non-wild card position to play main draw the US Open. I want to be top 100 in the world. Um, I think with the consistency that I'm feeling and the day-in-day-out work that I'm putting in, I think I can get there no matter what. Um, I found myself playing a lot of ATPs last year and competing with the top guys, and 
on any given day, I can I can take them down. So I was really excited with my summer that I had last year. Um, I didn't use the momentum as well as I thought. Again, it was my first full year, and I was kind of tired towards the end. But I, I definitely could find myself top 75 by the end of this year. I'm excited. So. Good luck. Thank you so much. No, Ruben. <laughs> it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, of